Welcome in. Thanks for joining us on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. Find us on Twitter. Follow us at Red Rock Sports One. Coming at you from a cold and dreary Tuesday afternoon in Centennial, Colorado. I am Jared All. To my left, Connor Holskamp. Hello. Producer for the show, keeping us both in check at all times, Ryan Smith. (laughs) How are you today, Ryan? Good. How's it going, guys? We're doing... Honestly, I hate this weather. I'm not normally one that complains. I like the the moisture. I like to be able to have fires in the summer and things like that, but enough is enough, man. I mean, we're going on like two weeks. It feels like Seattle. I'm done with it. We need the moisture. I know. I know. My yard's loving it. We live in a semi-arid climate, Jared. Did we just turn into the old man corner podcast? Do you know me, Ryan? (laughs) Do you know me? Come on. I've been holding off as long as I can. We made it three shows in. Old man Jared's coming out, okay? Jared's scared of all things wet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not going to deny that statement. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) All right. On today's show, we actually do intend to talk some sports here. Uh, We're going to dive deeper into the NBA and NHL playoffs. We have our hockey expert, uh, Tyler Walgie in studio today to join us for that. We're also going to touch a little bit on the Juwan James injury and, and how that's impacting not only the Denver Broncos, but the NFL as a whole. So first I want to start with the Denver Nuggets. Uh, they have four games remaining. That does include tonight's game. Again, we are recording Tuesday evening. Uh, it's about 530. Uh, the game has just tipped off. So uh, we'll, we'll try to touch base. Maybe Connor can keep an eye on that or Ryan can to uh, give an update before we leave here as we uh Follow the Nuggets at the uh, Charlotte Hornets. They're they're blowing them out right now, thirty six to eighteen. But wow, early in this game. Wow, yeah, that's right. only a half hour into this game. Where where are we at in the game? Uh, just about the end of the first quarter. Okay, good start for the Nuggets there. So they do have four games remaining. All of them are on the road. After playing the Hornets tonight, they will play at the Minnesota Timberwolves. Then they go to play Detroit. Uh, play the Pistons, and they end the season with the Trailblazers. So, uh, do after today, I believe everybody is above 500 that the Nuggets play. Uh, so, some. Did you just say the Pistons? Did I get that wrong? No, no. I, uh, yeah, Pistons, they play. So, they're not over 500. At, oh, did I misspeak close. there? Oh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Blazers are the only ones. Maybe that's what I meant to say. The yeah. Blazers are the only team over 500. See what happens when I go away from my notes, gentlemen? I try to. I can't I can't work on the fly like Connor can here. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Trailblazers will be the only team over 500. Let me re- rephrase that. Uh, so, a couple of winnable games for the Nuggets. Uh, so, I asked the question as the Nuggets sit, they're in the four seed right now uh, with those four games to go. They are one game behind the LA Clippers. Connor, how important is it for the Nuggets to push for that number three seed? Ah, it is very important if the Lakers end up as the sixth seed. <laughs> I mean, Do if, they, think, if they don't end up the Do sixth you think seed, that's, rather. I, I mean, let me, I misspoke. But. Correct, correct. But is that is that something you're worried about right now? Avoiding the Lakers, well, yes, Well, avoiding sir. the Lakers, sure, but do you think the Lakers are are taking that sixth spot. They are, as we speak right now, a game and a half behind Portland. Portland's played one more game than them so far, but Portland does have the tiebreaker in that series as well. Yeah, it's good. I mean, honestly, I, these past couple weeks have been difficult. I mean, I just, you know, obviously want the Nuggets to win as a fan, um, but it's been difficult just looking, you know, because usually kind of at this point of the year, you're, you're kind of getting a really good idea of like, ah, you know what? It's not so bad if we lose because... Even if we lose, we end up that seed. That means we'll probably miss so-and-so, right? But it's so 
close and befuddled in the standings that like I have no idea if I want the three seed I, or the four I seed. I think that's a, a, a fool's way to approach the playoffs to try to find the right. You win. You go to win games. You play well, to the win. Nuggets did the it game. last year and it worked out pretty well. They sure, sat their players sure. to intentionally and, manipulate it. And and you know what? There are strategies that can get you there. But I I think you always want to be playing your best. You always want to be going out there trying to win. Now on that notion of resting players. I am 100% for the idea of resting any of these guys under nursing injuries. I think the Nuggets are too thin right now, particularly at the guard spots. There are too many guys with injuries. I I, I heard Monte Morris maybe playing tonight. And he is you playing. Can see. Yep. That to me is a mistake. I don't care if you think he's ready to go. If he tweaks that hamstring, guess when he's not ready to go? Well, to start the playoffs. Uh you know, this is. I guess this is when you have to just have have some uh, uh, trust and faith in the medical staff. And um, I get what you're saying, but but I I guess I have the faith in the medical staff to where they would not be playing him if there was any sort of lingering soreness issues. But that's the you thing know? with the until the playoffs, injury, they might things try like and do that. that. That's that's not an injury that just heals like that. And you're yeah, just but, but for but for all we know, um, he's been. You know, clear of pain for the past eight days, and you're and, right. We, and we able to go. We full don't speed. get a chance to see behind the scenes so. and know exactly that. But in my mind, I think you give it everything you got to try to get that three seed, but not at the cost of putting in guys that are not a hundred percent. And I think you need to make sure, more than anything, more importantly than getting the three seed, make sure you are as close to one hundred percent as you can be come the first game of the playoffs. And I think that's the I most think important. We saw thing. we saw Aaron Gordon sit a couple nights ago. Uh, you know, for for an injury, he's back again in the lineup tonight. I think what you're seeing there was a, an abundance of caution that they did not want to lose Aaron Gordon after all these injuries. You know, so um, you know, I I think there's a good balance there. It's important to note too, Monte Morris is a role player, a really good role player. He's a great sixth man type player. For the, he might even you know start in the playoffs, depending. But um, you know, a, a player like that, it's not like you know Nikola Jokic. I have no doubt could come back after, you know, months of being absent and seriously the very first game back he's going to step right into his role and do great. Monte Morris, I'm not so sure about that. So there's also something to be said. It's good to get a couple games under his belt. Let's just fingers crossed, no more injuries, right? <laughs> but uh, it seems to be the the season from hell for the Nuggets here. But um, I, although I, I have to say, and maybe I'm jinxing it by saying it, but I think between shows here, guys, this is the first time since we've started don't this podcast say it. that there were no injuries between last week's show oh, and this week's God. show. He, he just did it, well, didn't no, he? But he I just didn't. went in. Ryan's shaking his head. I'm shaking my head. But I'm just saying last week, that, doesn't, that doesn't change this week. Last yeah. week. I, I am not one for superstitions, but it's still, you know, it's like don't, you, have a, you have a perfect game going. Bear, don't poke the bears. Jared, Jared's the kind of guy that, that sees a pitcher pitching a perfect game and in the eighth inning goes calls everyone, hey, guys, hey, guys, you see that, uh, that John Gray's pitching a perfect game in the seventh? That's, that's what, what that's happens. What, what happens if it's a a shortened uh, seven game, uh, seven inning game? Then then is it okay for me to say it? Since well, it doesn't uh, count well, according not, to the Major League I, Baseball, does it not count? Is yeah, that, is that a and fact? I, I have to look up who it was that uh, threw a no hitter. Yeah, someone just did that. I, I do um, know. I was uh, John Means, I believe. Oh yes, for Means. the Orioles. Mm-hmm. No, he's the one. He threw a full no hitter. Oh. Madison Bumgarner. Ah, oh, Bumgarner. It was, it was uh, the second of a back-to-back, which the MLB this year, when oh, they're doing okay. the back-to-backs, uh, the double-headers, it's a, it's a seven-inning game. And Madison Bumgarner threw a seven-inning no-hitter, but they're not crediting it as a no-hitter as far as in baseball records. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. I, uh, Means was the one who uh, 
missed a perfect game by a drop third strike, yes. which I thought was oh, BS as well. That is but brutal. That is brutal. Well, it was well, like your pitch was so nasty <laughs> that the, your catcher couldn't even catch it, uh, the, and, and you're getting punished for it. The most brutal, I, there was a... Uh, I don't know. There's a few. I can't remember who it is, so it's kind of pointless to say. But there, were, I remember there was one uh, a no hitter or a perfect game a few years back, maybe five six years ago, where in the last inning, um, a player was uh, beat out an infield single and to to blow the no hitter, and it was before review, so this must have been like five six years ago. And it was a bad call. I, I got and, it here. Yeah, I got it here. It's ah, okay. 2010. Uh, it was the Detroit Tigers. The yes. pitcher was Armando Galarraga. There you uh, go. Yep. Uh-huh. I do remember what you're talking about. Now. Yeah, yeah as soon as you said it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was. Because yeah, that, that ref that. ended up like getting death threats. I mean, he had to like, go into hiding. I don't think this. that ref got or, anything. Umpire if we're being ref. honest here. <laughs> Man, I'm just but not sh- having a day today. Let's- all right. Hey, let's get back to Nuggets. I know <laughs> no, we're sorry, talking all sorry, this sorry, stuff. Sorry, sorry. We're, we're off the rails. I, you know, I am the king of off the rails. <laughs> so the NBA playoffs begin May 22nd. Prior to that, uh, beginning the 18th, there is the play-in tournament. Uh, for those out there not familiar with this, this is something that carried over from last year's COVID-shortened season in the bubble. Um, and what it is is basically seeds 7, 8, 9, and 10 are in the play-in tournament. Okay, Typically, seeds 7 and 8 would be normally in the playoffs. They're not in it until they win at least one game. So 7 will host the 8th seed. Right now, that's the LA Lakers would be hosting the Golden State Warriors. The winner of that game gets the 7th seed. They don't have to play anymore. They're in the playoffs. And I think it's important to note, too, it's not just one game. It is a uh, – so what they do is they play two games. Uh, well, they play – if the higher seed wins one game, then they're on. But the lower seed has to actually win two games. Is that right? I, is. I had not seen that. Okay. It, it is so correct, if, so if if the eight seed wins that game, they're not in. Nope. They have to win two. Oh, okay. See, th- this just makes it – Dumber and dumber as we <laughs> keep going through this. And we'll talk about that in a minute. I'll get through finishing this. So then the nine will host 10. The winner of that matchup would then have to beat the other team in the eight to make it into the playoff. Am I am I correct on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Although so, I would argue, I mean, I just see it a little differently. I see it as they're, they've... I, I see all those games They're muddying games. the water. That's I what see, they're I doing. See all those as you now games. have 20 teams... Making it in the NBA playoffs. How many teams are in the NBA, Connor? No, oh, what is it? 30? 31? 31 teams, yeah, 30 I teams. Don't know. I don't so know we're talking two thirds of the league. Two thirds of the league? You're telling me two thirds of the league belongs in the playoffs. This is well, supposed well, to be which the is elite, it, Jared? elite. Which, which is it? Are all those teams in the playoffs, 30, like I 30. said? No, this 30. is the playoffs in my mind. This okay, is the playoffs. So, so I, I think so, too. And to me, it's muddying the waters. I, I think the NFL is doing this. I think it's a mistake. I, 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 the NBA a mistake now is, for what purpose? Because you want the best team to win, not just to get every team in whoa, that will sell tickets. Well, well, which which makes you more money if you're the league owner? The Spurs are like three <laughs> games below 500 right now. You're telling me they belong in the the, the playoffs? I don't think the Spurs are getting in, but that's been they could over there. I they guess could. They're well, sitting there at the 10 seed right now. Well, to Connor's argument, what kind of a market is San Antonio? It's it's one that follows basketball. It's a great one. Exactly. Well, it's it's a well, mid it's a mid market team, but they but, but they it's have just a games. It's TV. It's because it's, of the championships. Yes, but, I understand. But they that, are currently but. five games behind the Lakers in the seventh seed. Five games. I mean that they so, don't belong. So you uh, you they agree with LeBron belong. James that uh, someone I, should be I believe be it with LeBron fired. James twenty twenty one. I don't believe I don't agree with 
LeBron James's comments from last year where he was all for it. Uh, yeah. Now this year yeah. he's against yeah, you it. Like that? Now you like in. that? He, he likes the idea, and then as soon as his team has a chance of uh, being in that playing tournament, someone needs to lose their job over this. It, it, I love LeBron. Right? I'm a self. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a Bron lover. All right. I'm. I'm. Uh, you know. I'm in the. I'm, I'm thoroughly in the LeBron greatest of all time camp. But I got to laugh at that. It's, that's, it's, that's it's pretty ridiculous. Funny. It is and, funny. That was and ridiculous. Honestly, you know, I will never hate on LeBron, the player, because he's one of the best to ever play the game. But LeBron has made some questionable decisions through the course of his career, uh, questionable <laughs> statements. It's funny you say decisions, because the decision, the decision is one of The decision was the biggest mistake, which I blame ESPN more than anything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just want to know his PR person that looked yeah. at him and said, yep, this. Right. This is, this is right. But, this but is what we need to do the, for his image. The way he comes out out and the the arrogance and entitlement that he talks with it it drives me nuts and i again i'm never going to hate on him as a player because even to this day even as as beaten up as he is right now i don't want to see him on the court against the nuggets that's for darn sure um and 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 on that note let's hope he gets knocked out before the nuggets have to play that's what i want to ask you (laughs) who is the team you don't want to see come out is it still the lakers it's just the lakers i mean honestly the warriors don't scare you oh absolutely not See, I uh, Steph Curry scares the hell out of me. Hey, Steph Curry scares everybody. That dude uh, every can reasonable take person. over a game. Maybe Ryan. Especially He's not right of now with the Nuggets as thin as they are at the guard spot, I th- it scares me. I I don't want to see that matchup. Now it is highly unlikely. In fact, basically guaranteed that the Nuggets would not face them in the first round. In fact, it might be guaranteed. I know they're four up on Dallas with four to go. I don't know the tiebreaker scenario there, but. Yeah, uh, if I, think, I, I, I believe think, if the Nuggets win tonight, then they uh, have guaranteed a top four seed. Okay, yeah. So, so I, I think mean, I think they I think have actually, to win regardless, one game. as I'm saying that now, it's not, what I'm saying doesn't even make sense. No matter what, they're not going to end up playing the the seven or the eight seed in the first round because they're not making no, it to a one yeah. or a two seed. So okay, great. But the Golden State Warriors are the type of team I can see knocking off a Phoenix Suns or a Utah Jazz. Yeah, but, now all of a sudden you're like, playing a team with Steph Curry. That's getting hot, and, I, and that scares me. Yeah, yeah, but you know, the Golden State Warriors this year. I mean, S- Steph Curry scares me like how like you know flying over the ocean maybe scares me. Like, yeah, it's scary. The concept is scary. Like, yeah, it's there. The danger is there. But but LeBron and the Lakers scare me like like walking in a back alleyway in in Chicago at two a.m. Scary, like. <laughs> Does that make sense? It's, it's a little different. Um, I, I think that's a little bit of a stretch of an analogy. Uh, you to, know what? The Nuggets I mean, like, do not match one up in well like against 10 the Lakers. million planes go down. I think there's more than one in like 10 million. Okay, chance. I'm being a little extreme here, <laughs> but but the point is, man, that the, the Lakers, the Lakers do not. We the Nuggets do not match up well against the Lakers. You you see it play out even when the Lakers are shorthanded. The Nuggets get routed by them a week ago. They are not a good matchup for for the Denver Nuggets specifically. The Nuggets cannot handle their their size and physicality. You see JaVel McGee trying to come in and play, and you know that's kind of been interesting. Now, is JaVel McGee going to play in the playoffs? Uh, again, I think it depends on on where we're at. Um, with the situation, and if you're playing a team that you need a big, I think JaVel McGee will, will will get some minutes. They may not be key minutes. They may not be early minutes. They may not be at the end of the game minutes, but he'll be out there keeping Jokic healthy, keeping him fresh so that he's ready to go. Uh, can I make a confession, though? I, I'm falling Only victim. if your name I'm, is Usher. I'm, I'm falling <laughs> into the trap that I'm just hearing all the media talk about how beaten up the Lakers are and how they just keep falling down these standings and I'm nah. like I'm like 
Are, am I even afraid of the Lakers right now? Yes. I think the Nuggets could take them. No, am no. I am I just being foolish? Am I falling into this, Connor? Because I can't help it. They're a viper pit. I, I, I mean, LeBron the, comes it in, does not matter plays a game or two, he's back out injured. Yeah. I just hey, hey, okay, I will caveat this. I am significantly less scared if if somehow LeBron James is not out. We fully expect LeBron James to be back. That's the word on the street, if you will. They're they're saying and you know. They're, they're likely just holding him out because they know the same thing that we know. And that I'm trying to say is it does not matter. I mean, we talked about Monte Morris maybe needing a couple games under his belt. That does not matter with LeBron and Anthony. Yeah. I mean, these guys come in the game and it's it doesn't matter. They're eight seed, one seed, seven seed, six seed. It just does not matter. They, they are going to be a tough out. Um, the other team that really scares me from the West is the, the Utah Jazz. Um, Honestly, uh, I think the Nuggets are going to take the Clippers fine. I think they're going to take the Suns fine. Now, granted, these are good teams. They're going to be good series. Um, but I, I, I am not intimidated with the, with regard to the Nuggets with, with any team in the West, with the exception of the uh, Lakers and the Utah Jazz. I just don't think we match up great against those two teams. Yeah, I would agree. Those are probably the two that scare me the most. The Clippers still are just a scary team. For I know me. you think you. That's what that's. I, I, I know you and I disagree a little yeah, bit on this. Um, I, I don't know. It's just it's a team with with a guy like Kawhi Leonard, uh, with Paul George out there, with guys that can can just go off yeah playoff Paul you know and and I just any that's why that's why the Warriors scare me the side of the back um and that's why the Jazz (laughs) scare me you know they just when when you have a guy that can take over a game and take over two or three games within a series that's tough and and right now the Nuggets are kind of leaning on 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 Nikolai Jokic as the only guy really I know Michael Porter Jr. has played really well but he does not have experience in the playoffs being the go-to guy. No, yeah, and, and until you see that, it scares me going up against those guys that can just put you away with one play. Yeah, it's always an unknown when you get people who haven't really played in a specific role in the playoffs. Um, although, you know, I, I would say the same. Uh, that's kind of the reason why for the Suns for me, um, even though Chris Paul's had a fantastic season, he's done really great things for that team. Uh, you know, they, people have talked about Chris Paul with an MVP, which is fine, all fine and dandy, whatever you want to say. I mean, he's, he deserves to be in the conversation, but um, you mean, don't forget that Devin Booker is on that team playing at a very high level. I mean, that is a big reason why they're up there. And, and honestly, though, with the same thing you just said about MPJ and his playoff experience, there's an unknown with Devin Booker. And, and that lack of experience is definitely, it, it's a big deal. Um, I do got a, uh, a quick stat yeah, for you, Yeah, let's go with the stat of the week before we move off the Nuggets here. Move off the Nuggets. We could stay on the Nuggets all day. Yeah, well, the, audi- <laughs> the audience would beg to differ. I think yeah. there's some other teams around. They want to hear a few no, things. No doubt. Yeah, we're not recording a three-hour podcast nah. here, Connor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is, so, see, this is why Ryan's here, guys. So, hey, uh, and, and, you know, I also would add that MPJ obviously did get some playoff experience last year, whereas Devin Booker doesn't have any playoff and, experience. And, and refresh my memory, but Michael Porter Jr. did play pretty well in the playoffs last year. Am yeah, I, he, I, he did. Yeah, I, I don't have the numbers offhand, but he did, he did well. Um, so here we go. So... Uh, you know, if you want to look at obviously since Jamal's injury, that was a you know the national media and many of us even counted the Nuggets out, and you know I, I would be lying if I said even myself it was hard to see the optimism uh, with such a just critical injury. But you know they've obviously done pretty well. I, granted, they've they've lost three of their last four, I believe, uh, as of today. But um, you know I'm not so concerned about that. They've overall been playing really well. One of the things that we have seen, obviously, uh, is the emergence of Michael Porter Jr. Kind of from becoming that, you know, efficient, uh, you know, spot shooting scoring threat, right? 
to just moving into this. Uh, he, I mean, I don't know how else to put it other than he's he's moving into this star role. He's moving into an elite status of players. Uh, so I do have the stat of the week here for you. Uh, just looking at there's been 14 games since Jamal Murray's injury. And in those 14 games, Michael Porter Jr. is averaging 25 points, 6.4 rebounds, and 1.6 assists, shooting 50% from three, and and 64% uh, on his twos. Um, That compares, for the rest of the season, obviously it's a smaller sample size, but that compares to uh, 17 points he was averaging before. So 17 to 25 points a game jump. Um, his rebounds are down, uh, which is interesting. I mean, you see his different role, right? I He's, was just going to say that. I think that has the impact of it, it him does. being more on the outside and it, him being it, more it on does, a shooting for sure. Role. No doubt. And, and he's up top a lot more. Too. Also, also it kind of coincides game. when Aaron Gordon came in. And mm-hmm. so you got some more bigs up there as well. Yeah, that's true. So, although Aaron Gordon's not rebounding much, but, um, so there you go. Yeah. So so since since he's been he's averaging twenty five points, six point four rebounds, one point six assists, shooting an unreal percentage. So there is hope for the Denver Nuggets as long as Michael Porter Jr. is playing like this. Yeah, that's awesome. Flash forward, Connor, to a point in the future where a healthy Jamal Murray is back on this team. Do you think there is enough to go around for Michael Porter Jr. to still put up those kind of numbers? Yeah, I do. I do on, on a team like the Nuggets and with with Nikola Jokic, who is you know the most unself or most uh, unselfish superstar I think in in the league ever. <laughs> I, do, I mean the the man is so humble and so 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 what I see happening uh, just to get to your question real quick then we'll move on is um, I see happening if if MPJ is going to average somewhere in the neighborhood of 22, 23, 24 points right. I believe that that is going to take away from Nikola Jokic's point total. And so next year, we might, you know, well, next year, Jamal Murray is going to be out for a significant portion too. Right. But but when they're all three healthy, I could see Jokic's uh, scoring moving from a 26 range where it's at now to like the 22, 21 range. But his assists might get bumped up a little bit. Which so. is why the NFL needs to do right and give that man an MVP trophy this year because he deserves it. And this may be, statistically speaking, the best chance that Jokic is ever going to have to get there. Uh, hey, it might be the it might be the best chance that a Denver Nugget will ever have of getting an MVP. I mean, we don't know the future, right? We're not crystal balls. We, we're not looking into our crystal ball over here. But um, it is a it is a tremendous uh, thing that a a Denver Nugget, a mid market team, uh, a guy like Nikola Jokic, you know, I mean. Uh, you know, quote unquote, unathletic. He's way more athletic than any of you out there saying he's unathletic. But uh, you know, by NBA superstar standards, certainly not the most athletic guy. Um, just doesn't fit the mold of an MVP. But it's it's pretty incredible. Here we are in the precipice. And Jared, I will have you know, I put a hundred dollars down on Nikola Jokic to win MVP at the beginning of the season. Nice. And got uh, nine to nine to one odds on it. All right. So well, let's hope we, we get a nice payoff. Let's do it. When let's do they do announce that? Is that that's not till after the playoffs? Is that correct? Ah, uh, or maybe I think it's through the course. I think it's uh, yeah. I think it's during the playoffs, okay. like near the okay. end. But we'll, I could we'll, be we'll wrong keep an on eye that. on that, and we'll keep everyone informed on that. But the Denver Nuggets aren't the only teams making a push for the playoff here. Uh, we bring in our NFL, or excuse me, NHL expert Tyler Walgy to discuss some Colorado Avalanche playoffs, which begin this Saturday, May fifteenth. Uh, Tyler, the Avalanche are coming off a huge win last night against the Vegas Golden Knights, taking them down two to one. 
Just how important was that win, and how important is it for the the uh, Avalanche to go get that President's Trophy? All right, so that win was huge, but I have to start by saying this. I could beat Nikola Jokic in a 40-yard dash. <laughs> oh, Tyler, you're even lying to yourself. Yeah, look at, look at this okay. guy over here. Okay, yeah. we're going to have to get ourselves on YouTube, and I think the four of us may I need can, to go run a 40-yard dash. I could take that big old goofy lug of a man in a 40-yard dash. I, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen Not Tyler even if he was wearing bricks for shoes him, could you do that. Have you seen him shoot? Yes, if, he's, seen if, him he, shoot. if he's 10 feet out from the basket, it looks like he's trying to scratch his back. In the middle of his shot. But those I mean, long legs, man. He's like a T-Rex out there. He right, just, right, you know. I love Jokic. He is the savior he is of the, Denver basketball right now. He is right the now. Serbian basketball It's God. almost like how dare okay. I, but I, I came down into the studio. Ryan, get that, get that mute <laughs> button ready because we may be hitting that before the end of this interview. When, when I walked into the studio, Connor's talking about how Nikola Jokic is actually a better athlete than a lot of people think. I'm like, oh, get out of here. I could beat that guy in a foot race. Yeah. I could. Uh, I'll believe it I when I see it. Whenever. All right, no, but the, the win against the, Knights. I mean, that was the Avs season. That was everything right there. Now, because of that win, and before that win, honestly, they controlled their own destiny. So they went out. They have the tiebreaker over Vegas, which strangely, uh, upon a little bit of research, the the number one tiebreaker is, well, number of games played because it's a COVID year. But besides that, which everyone's going to play 56, the number one tiebreaker is regulation wins. So how many wins did you have without overtime and without shootouts, just in regulation? And the Avs right now have a couple more than the Golden Knights, and they got one more last night. So uh, that was a big win. The Avs have the tiebreaker. And if everything goes how Vegas thinks it should go in terms of the heavy favorites winning, the Vegas Golden Knights will beat uh, San Jose tomorrow. And then Colorado should beat L.A. their final two games, both teams ending with 82 points, tied for first. Colorado has a tiebreaker. So, look, it was a huge win against Vegas. Colorado now controls their own destiny. And uh, as long as we take care of business, these next two games against the Kings, we'll be playing St. Louis in the first round instead of Minnesota. And do you think that's a big deal for a team like the Avs to get that that President's Trophy? Or, or, or is a team like the Avalanche Cup, you know, Cup and the title contenders, does it really even matter that much if they're the one seed or the two seed? Well, I haven't, first of all, I haven't done enough homework to see uh, no, because uh, Carolina's... They're done. With, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's either yeah, Vegas looking, or it's Colorado. Yeah, for, I understand for the it. President's Trump. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that matters. I don't think that matters. Now, here's the reason why it does matter, actually, is because this year in the NHL, the different rules because of COVID, the Final Four are going to be reseeded because there's no East-West this year. There is no such thing as the conferences. It's just division by division. Right. And so the format of the pl- of the playoffs is the divisions will play within themselves until there's a division champion. So every division, the top four teams get in. One plays four, two plays three. And then they do a classic, you know, a little tournament. And then there's a winner of each division. Then they're reseeded based on a regular season record. So if the Avs do win... It doesn't matter in terms of the actual trophy. I'm sure it'd be, you know, the players would like that. Or home, home ice advantage. Home ice advantage is what we're going for here. Exactly. So the Avs get that one seed. It doesn't matter if, and this is the great thing, because you look at the East, the best division in hockey, they beat up on each other so much this year. The winner, Pittsburgh, 77 points. So 
this is a good thing for the Avs. And they actually, it would be very beneficial to have home ice advantage. That's why they would want it. In terms of the actual trophy, things like that, not a huge deal. They don't care much about that. But in terms of the actual seating, that's a big deal for the Avs. So they want to overcome, you know, all, all that. But but here's the thing, too, is let's say the Avs finish a one and one and now they have 80 points. Well, they have a tiebreaker over Carolina, so they would now be the second overall team, and while they wouldn't have home ice to the Knights, if Colorado got through Vegas, they would still be the best team left of the four. So, And they wouldn't, in theory, even be meeting the Golden Knights until the, the Stanley Cup the sec- finals, No, right? no, no, the second round. Because since oh, okay. it's interdivision for the first two okay. rounds, Colorado, if, if we win... If Colorado wins, they would play right, St. Louis the right, first round. Right. If if they get the second seed, it'd be Minnesota. How important is it for them to get St. Louis in that first round versus Minnesota? You know, I actually think it's it's pretty important. You know, the only reason why I think it wouldn't be important or as important is the matchup. You know, St. Louis matches up with the Avs pretty well. And so it's not a guaranteed thing. Now, I don't want to discount this. Minnesota's good. However, I do really believe if this were a full 82-game season and we didn't stop at 56, I do not believe Minnesota has what it takes to keep up with the Avs or the Knights for an entire year. You know, So we're getting some weird stats this year because it's only a 56-game season. So while I think if you right now look at the standings, the stats, Minnesota's far ahead of St. Louis, I'm not sure they're that much better but I do think it's a big deal. You know, Minnesota's a good team. Colorado hasn't played that well in Minnesota this year. And in St. Louis, the big kicker is St. Louis this year is 27th in the penalty kill. So the Avs, a team who really takes advantage on the power play, comes against the comes up against the Blues in the playoffs where defense matters, not a great defensive team this year. Power plays matter, not a great penalty killing team this year. That's why I side with you probably want to play St. Louis first round, you know, um, based on what I do and my projections and everything like that, from a percentage basis, the Avs have about a 55 to 58, excuse me, 55% to 58% chance to beat the Wild in the first round. That number goes all the way up to about 65% for the Blues. So I actually think it's, it's a bigger deal than most people do that we get the Blues in the first round. These last two games are going to be important for the Avs. You're going to hear a lot from Jared Bednar, from the Avs. These games, you know what, we want to win, but we want to come out and show our best, but, but trust me, it's important they get these last two wins. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the Avalanche have not actually even clinched that second seed in the division. They are three points up right now in the wild, both teams with two games to play. So in theory... The Avalanche yeah. lose both games. They could even fall to not having home ice in the first series. And if, if anything, that's the one thing keeping the Avs going right now is that whole idea of if they drop these games to the Kings, now you lose home ice. That's that's not good. And uh, even though the Avs are a good road team, you know that's that's something that will be pushing them and kind of keeping them going and keeping that. Uh, Keep keeping their foot on the you know accelerator, but I don't see that as a real possibility. You know the Avs match up well against the Kings. You look at the Sharks; whew, it was a nightmare this year against the Sharks. You know, so certain teams play differently, and you match up differently, and and so a lot of hockey, like other sports, you get to the playoffs. It's about matchups and how you do against other teams. You know, and so so that will be a big deal. But uh, yeah. 
a lot of uh, a lot of our listeners out there, and I think the three of us fall victim to this a little bit. Uh, end up more on the casual hockey fans. Yeah, most people in Colorado, and that's okay. Um, I mean, you, you only have so much time, right? The Avs, the Nuggets, the whatever. But yeah. I know the best is when you get like a five o'clock and an eight o'clock yeah, game, exactly. and you can just watch straight through. That that's an yeah. ideal night for me there. But everyone seems to tune in for the playoffs. Yeah. Is there really a different vibe? I know you're somebody who watches a lot of hockey, a lot of regular season hockey, a lot of playoff hockey. Do you really feel that different vibe, or is it just the fact that we're all missing out on the regular season, this great intensity all year long? It, it, well, it's it's both. It's both. I mean, first of all, yes, there is a little bit more stingy defense. Uh, the referees don't blow as many whistles. You're not going to get as many penalties. Uh, it's more physical. You know, and the Avs, that's been their downfall the last couple of seasons. This team is built as a finesse team, and finesse teams greatly succeed in the regular season, and you get to play off hockey, and it doesn't work. And so I think the Avs have learned their lesson from the guys they brought in to how they played this year. But, you know, there is a difference in play. Now, how much of a difference? It's not that different. You know, I'm at, I'm at family parties or things like that. I hear someone go, oh, playoff hockey. It's different. They ramp it up in the play. It's like, not that much. You just don't watch any regular season that's hockey. That's what I was saying. <laughs> that's the one that makes me laugh. It's like, no, no, no. I can't even watch regular season but hockey. I'll wait till the playoffs. It's, like, it's, like, it's not that different. You know, from an aesthetic standpoint, just watching the game, there's really not much difference at all. It's mostly subtle differences. And that's how most playoff games are. They're so exciting. There's subtle differences where it favors defense and physicality things like that you know let less penalties but it, it, now here's a question for, I'm going to throw out there for for you guys which sport is is the most different in terms of play from regular season to playoffs I'd say the NBA I would say the NBA yeah, as well I think the NBA the NBA is such a wide open sport that during the season you get team remember the Nuggets with George Carl yeah how they great they, they were in the regular season 50 games a year exactly exactly and then they get to the playoffs and it's just a different style so the I think the NBA slows down a definitely. lot in the NBA yeah. but when, I mean would you put because uh, so see for me I would put hockey maybe second on yeah, yeah hockey's I, definitely I, I up think, there I think uh, I think hockey might be second because baseball the, is pretty much the same like, I, I was going to say, say NFL to me is probably the least different yeah, yeah as we progress in the NFL into the modern NFL and the style, yeah. it's much different to where offenses can now take over and, and, and things like that. So yeah, hockey definitely changes in the playoffs, but it's not to what you hear people say. You know, you don't hear people say, yeah, I don't watch the NFL, but wild card weekend, I tune in. Right, you know, right, so, right, so it's right, not, right. but that's what people say about hockey. It's just a weird kind of out, I think. It's, they or, or is it just that the hockey playoffs comes in a weird time where everyone's looking for a new sport to watch at that I time? I mean, that and could be, but I'm telling so you. So middle of May, we tune in. If you guys don't watch hockey, if anyone listening right now doesn't go out of their way to catch the abs, it's so exciting. And if you, if you just give yourself a few games, a few weeks to learn the players, learn generally how the flow of the game goes i haven't met many people who have been introduced to hockey who have said nah it's not for me it's just the access it's just that people don't often watch it or give themselves times to time to watch it but the abs have right now the arguably the best team in the nhl they're going to go deep in the playoffs if you're not a huge hockey fan now's the time to start 
And not to mention, they have the best announcers of any yeah, yeah, of right. the major sports. Yeah. Uh, Mark Moser's great. I think, is it Peter McNabb that's on with him? Is that who I'm thinking? Uh, that I does think a so, TV yeah. broadcast. Yeah. Those guys are awesome. The energy, the excitement that they that they bring. You don't see that. You don't get that in other sports, uh, pr- right. particularly when it comes to the football and the baseball. I think I think the 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 basketball announcers for the Nuggets are you know they're they're okay, but <laughs> but you don't get the same vibe that you get. It's from, so from exciting. The it's like it's like uh, listening to those Spanish uh, soccer stations. You know, oh oh, McKinnon up the side over to over to Atlanta. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's just so, uh, and it's it's even better now this year. I mean, I won't say it's better, but they're they're doing the road games from home, so they're not right. traveling. And right. and so, like last night, as as uh, the Golden Knights are getting ready to pull the goalie, he's like, I, I don't even know if the goalie's pulled. I can't see the other <laughs> end of the that. ice, man. <laughs> I love that. I love. And honestly, as a former small time, you know, sportscaster, that may be the future. Even doing, you know, college and at one point high school games in my career. It was a pain driving across the state, going up in the mountains. It's like if that's a new thing and they can find out a way and, and, you know, camera angles aren't an issue, things like that, access to information, why wouldn't the announcers stay home? I mean, why? it's just an extra expense for the teams flying these guys all across the country. So maybe that's... Uh, I have, as a fan, I can honestly say I have not noticed a difference. It's like usually like three quarters of the way through the game, they'll make a comment. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. oh you're not there right, right now. Yeah, and, you'll notice, uh, every, uh, you know, like you said, you mostly don't notice, but then they'll, they'll occasionally make the comment like, and we can't really see from the TV angle. Did he do this? And, and then it reminds you, like, oh yeah, they're not there to like tell me right. what. Right, like just it hasn't there. taken away from the game at all. And yeah, I have to imagine you can cut your budget a little bit right. there. Right. So hey, uh, Tyler here. I got got a question for you re, uh, regarding the Avs goalies. So who do you have? What what is the goalie rotation going to look like when the playoffs start? And I know the the Kings games here uh, end on a back to back, so we'll probably see. Maybe a little glimpse into what Bednar's thinking. What? Where do you think he goes with this, and what's our rotation going to look like? All right, so one of these next two games, we will see Devin Dubnik. Uh, there's, well, actually, he's injured right now, so we'll see yeah. a backup. If he should come back, it's up in the air right now. We're not sure. If he's not back, it'll be a backup. Grubauer's not going back-to-back, that's for sure. No, no, no. The reason Grubauer will start is, as we said earlier, these are important games, and the Avs need to win these games. But come playoff time... I would be very surprised if we saw anybody but Grubauer. Oh, right really? Now. Oh, yeah. So you don't I think mean, we'll have any uh, Johansson sightings? Absolutely or, not. And or I would Dubinick. be, I'd be terrified. I mean, look, uh, okay. we talked about my goalie rankings a couple weeks on this show, and my goalie rankings are very fluid. They change game by game. Grubauer right now is around top ten. He's around number ten. Um, okay. He's floating right now between like ten, nine, right there. He's, he's been a, playing well. He's a good goalie. Devin Dubnik has really let me down. And it's because the Avs, something that my ratings didn't account for and something that I didn't account for because you don't often see this play out until goalies with a new team. But you'll notice that teams play different ways. Teams have different philosophies. You know, you it looks like Teams are doing the same thing in hockey. If you don't if you're not watching the minute, you know, kind of differences. But the Avs are a team that really is comfortable letting other teams play from behind the net. And that's something that San Jose doesn't do. That's something that Minnesota has not done for a decade. And those are two teams who Devin Dubnik has played for. So it's really interesting. Little things like this. You'll see the opponent get the, bu- get the puck behind the net. 
and Dubnik almost looks lost. It's so weird. And that's one thing that I didn't account for. My stats didn't account for, but it's like all of a sudden, huh, he doesn't really do well operating when the puck is behind him. And an Avs goalie, frankly, needs to be good at that. And so, you know, I don't think that he's been a good fit. I'm not impressed at all from what I've seen so far from Dubnik. Okay. And I think that he, right now, this isn't a... I think that's, that's just how it's going to go for most teams. I think most teams in hockey will play their number one in the playoffs. We won't see many number twos. And I'm just saying right now, if we see for any reason Johansson or Dubnik on the roster for a playoff game, I'm not going to be very confident. So, right, okay. as far as the goalies well, there go, you go, right, right from the horse's mouth himself. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't want to put any words in your mouth here, Tyler, but based on what I'm hearing you say, regardless of whether the Avs end up against the Wild or the Blues, you sound pretty confident they'll get themselves through that first round of the playoffs. Yeah. I think they'll get through either team. I think I would, I would feel better about the Blues. And I do think these last two games have uh, a big impact on what happens, but. The whole reason I say that is you want to be healthier and fresher going into the second round. And I think if they play Minnesota, it's going to be physical. It's going to be a long series, and it's just going to be not worth it. You know, win these last two games, face St. Louis. I think they win each series, but I think the Avs are healthier coming out against uh, the Blues. So in that scenario, I think we're both also going to assume the Golden Knights move through. How do you like that matchup? I mean, those are the two best teams in hockey. You know, the, the the East right now has a lot of great teams, Pittsburgh, New York Islanders, Boston, Washington, but the two best teams in hockey are Vegas and Colorado. So, I mean, I put the price right now at about 50-50, you know, and, and you could argue it'll go a little bit either way, but that's a coin flip. What scares you most about the Golden Knights? They do everything well that the Avs do. I mean, they're great penalty kill. They, they're a great power play team. They play unbelievable defense, goaltending. I mean, and, and the one thing that people don't talk about with Vegas is their offense, but they've got just as good an offense as, as Colorado. As a matter of fact, when you look at comparison rankings, because I do comparison rankings in the NHL, so when trades happen, things like that, I can value players. Everyone says Nate McKinnon is on an island. Petrangelo for Vegas is pretty identical to Nate McKinnon. I mean, the way he plays, his speed, his shooting, his passing. So Vegas is an elite, elite team that we should not ignore. And as a matter of fact, the only reason why you may say, or the average fan may say, Vegas is better than than the Avs is they've got two goalies who I think are both better than Grubauer, Mark Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard. So if something weird happens and there's an injury, the Avs are done in goal. If anything happens with the Vegas in goal, you know they're, they're going to just next man up and they're just fine. So that's going to be a tough series. And like I said earlier, it's not just about advancing in the in the NHL playoffs. It's about advancing and being healthy. So the Avs are going to have a tough road that final four that's for sure and when it comes second round which the Avs should get to it's going to be a tough matchup with the knights all right one last question before we let you get out of here i asked this to, to the can gentleman. i beat Jokic in a 40 yard dash yes i'm, I'm doubling down not doubling down i'm gonna challenge you to erase my friend oh all right all right <laughs> i, I, mean, I feel less confident about I you than Jokic, but okay not to race <laughs> It's not to run. Okay, I asked Connor and I asked Ryan this last week. We discussed, and I want to get your take on this. Is this a Stanley Cup or bust season for the Avs? If they don't win the Stanley Cup, is that a disappointing season? No. I mean, in Colorado, you might think so because, again, the Avs aren't avid. You're not following all the time. It's the, But really, even though the Avs are very good right now, it's not Stanley Cup or bust. There's some, there's some teams this year that are right along with the Avs. I mean, honestly, if the Avs lost second round of the, the, the Golden Knights, I wouldn't call that season a disappointment because 
you got to the second round of the playoffs and you lost to a team who many people think are just as good as you are. And if they get past there, you know, the, the likely teams who they may play, Carolina, uh, Pittsburgh or Washington, maybe Toronto from the north, these are good, good teams. And I don't think that Colorado should look at it as Stanley Cup or bust at all. The only reason why Colorado fans may think that is the recent lack of success the Avs have had in the playoffs. And because they haven't got there recently, it's like Aaron Rodgers, right? As a quarterback, the more he doesn't win a Super Bowl, the more the more his critics will say, he needs that second one, needs that second one, needs that second one. The Avs, the more they don't win, the more local fans say, need to win, need to win, need to win. Based on the competition this year, I don't think it's like the Avs are clearly the number one team. It's win or bust. Maybe based on recent history for, for Avs fans, but if you look around the league right now, no, this is not hey, you championship see, You see that, Jared? Our hockey expert agrees with me. I, 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 I made the <laughs> argument last week that uh, the way I look at it, at Tyler, is you just never know what's coming in the future. I know there's a lot of young talent on this team, but I think the Nuggets are an example. I think we've seen two or three examples in the NHL recently, looking at the Chicago Blackhawks, that seemed like a team that was on the verge of a dynasty that fell apart very, well, here's very quickly. Here's why that's, a, that's such a good question, is because... Championship or bust, that's not a math equation. That's something I could plug in. That's my opinion. I don't think it's championship or bust, but you're right. If some contracts go the other way, if Jared Bednar decides he's going to take a job with the Red Wings, if something weird happens, who knows? Things do change quickly. But uh, yeah, your subjective question is breaking the analytics <laughs> no. brain over there. <laughs> if I'm all, good if at that, all nerd. stays the same, uh, no, we should be good. And look, if I were to you know look into the future, I think the Avs are going to be one of the best teams for a long time because Joe Sackick and his staff have proven not only can they get free agents over right. fill lines, they can draft. They can draft. They can bring guys in. This new second line center who just started playing a week ago, uh, Alex Newhook, yeah, the pride of Boston College. Dude, he was the 19th pick last year. The Avs get him, just like Kale McCarr, right? Slowly integrate him in. They didn't know he'd be ready for the playoffs, see how he works with everyone. He's on the second line in between Nassim Kadri and Andre Burkowski. It's like the Avs are not only storing like a squirrel, like hoarding like a squirrel, <laughs> some of the best talent in the NHL. They're drafting at a great rate, too. So things are looking great for the near future and long-term future for the Colorado Avs. Alrighty. He is Tyler Walgie. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Yeah, you can follow his podcast. He's a part of the Woos Media family. That is Sharp Angle Podcast. You can follow them on Twitter at Sharp Angle Pod. Yep. And Tyler will be on to join us in a couple of weeks here. We just we just started a uh, a new weekly series that we're going to do every Tuesday, where we do a deep dive inside the industry look at the sports betting industry. So we had our first episode today, where we look at the different people who influence the sports betting industry. So it's pretty cool. Like you said, check it out uh, on Twitter at Sharp Angle Pod and search Sharp Angle Podcast wherever you're listening to this podcast. So awesome! Thanks for joining us. Tyler. Yeah, thanks for having me. Unfortunately, guys, we do have to touch on a couple of teams that are not on playoff runs that are not looking like they're winning championships this year. We'll start with the bottom of the barrel, the Colorado Rockies. And uh, day by day, they continue to impress and how pathetic that they get. Uh, This week, we got a chance to see the Rockies go against the St. Louis Cardinals for the first time since trading away the star Nolan Arenado. Uh, and no surprise, Cardinals sweep the series. Nolan Arenado on the series goes 363, hitting four for 11, a home run, and four runs scored. 
Am I the only one? Hey, I'm a, I'm a Rockies fan, okay? Just to add to that, Jared, the Rockies got shut out twice. Boom, baby! Yeah, that's even better. Uh, am I the only one that was like, felt a little bit of satisfaction out of seeing not only knowing they're not to play well against the Rockies, but them then getting swept by the team that they're actually paying to employ Nolan Arenado. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a good time for Dick's Dollars. I think it's a great time hey, to bring Dick's up Dollar. a Dick's Dollars update. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dick's it's Dollars, where we, where we track the monetary amount on a weekly basis that the Rockies have given the St. Louis Cardinals to employ their best franchise player <laughs> in team history. <clears throat> As of today, Tuesday, May 11th, Dick Monford and company have given the St. Louis Cardinals $7,561,728.40. There you go. Thank you. So just imagine the tax on that. Uh, oh, you know, what? I, I uh, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's just I don't even want to imagine the tax on it. The, de- the tax on that is more than any of us make in our lifetime. Way, way too many years. So, um, hey, I have a, a excellent trade idea what we we trade we trade trevor story in like 30 mil to to some other team yes no so no no (laughs) 30 mil well maybe 30 mil hey if that's what it takes here's what i got for you all right this is some insider info this is this is hot all right i propose the rockies trade trevor story to the milwaukee brewers and in exchange the Green Bay Packers send Aaron Rodgers over to the Denver okay, Broncos. Okay, okay, now we're talking. All right, I like it. Hey, let's get some uh, multi-team deals going here. I mean, if we need to throw in thirty million, we'll throw in thirty million. <laughs> make Bring it, over make Aaron Rodgers. Million, we will good. throw Trevor Story, and hey, let's just kick in John Gray too while we're at it. Let's <laughs> let's just really get this rebuild started. Um, you know, I had to throw that out there. It, I love it's it. a great idea. Honestly, on a different note, how cool would that be if? Different teams from the same city were allowed to like. Well, what if it's like the Cronkies? Who the Cronkies own both the Avalanche and the Nuggets? So I mean, it's their team either way. Right, right. So hey, you send over, you know, so and so for the Avs, and you know, we'll get you uh, Faku Campasso over there. So <laughs> you know, hey, uh, just a little. We're, we're starting there. to creep into the basketball territory. If those of you guys who aren't familiar, basketball is a movie that the uh, South Park guys made. If you haven't watched it. It's a cult classic. You have to go back and watch this movie. They basically combine basketball and baseball into one sport, and now you have intra-sport play. Yeah, and it's uh, it's uh, definitely worth the watch. And at the same time, probably not safe. And for at children. the same time, yes, in, not safe for work. <laughs> and, at, and at the same time, entirely not worth the watch. So it, it is. Um, it is one of those you things. You may a, want a, to partake in some movie. of the legal uh, vices available in Colorado before you watch that movie. Yes, it it enhances things. So <laughs> hey, the Rocky is on a downward spiral. Let's just hope that the. Uh, I mean, honestly, this is going to be a, a, a brief segment here and there uh, throughout the season. We'll check in on Dick's dollars. But, I mean, until something happens with, with the Rockies, there's not going to be much to talk about. Not much excitement. Um, you know, I, I do think the uh, – you guys see the the, the uh, uh, Vegas Raiders are getting a full-on dance club behind their end zone. Did you guys see that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it made me think that the Rockies party deck is probably getting jealous. Not the people because there's no one that – well, there are people that go to the games. But – 
the actual deck itself is probably jealous. I was just so. What do you that. propose? What do you propose that they have? To so do I think Dick Monfort needs to throw in a dance party, just like the Vegas nights, and let let's let's uh let's just convert the um that little area with the fountains and stuff. Let's uh let's convert it to a to a dance party. Hear me out, All right? Dance party with virtual fountains right like we're talking oh. we're talking neon lights baby i mean you know? they always Some, talk about how mm-hmm. there's the solar panels that power the fountains i'm like but what could those solar panels <laughs> panels be go. powering it doesn't seem like that's so. the best use of those resources so hey going virtual that's but what hey, we've learned hey. through the last year <laughs> everything can go virtual until the rockies uh, can give us something to talk about that's more exciting than the party deck. Uh, we will just keep these sections short, uh, and we'll keep tracking to see if they uh, get to 100 wins. As what? you guys might recall, Jared and I have a have a little bet here going between us. Jared took the over on 100 wins, and I took the under. So we will see if the Rockies reach that magical triple-digit loss. I'm losses, glad that you uh, bring losses. that up, I, should, I, say loss, I said wins. I meant to say losses. As the Rockies, Certainly not getting 100 wins. The Rockies currently sit. We're through 34 games. They are 12-22, and 22, which puts them on pace for 105 losses. Yeah. Smashing they're not. They're not going to get 100 losses. Over. Uh, they, are, they are getting <laughs> better. They were uh, at one point on pace for like 124 or something like that. So it's it, they are the, the slope as as whatever however slightly it is, it is maybe turning back nah. up. Well, hey, yeah, they so got we'll postponed see. today. That's not a loss. That's good. They didn't lose today. It's <laughs> excellent. We didn't lose. It's yeah. Nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, all right, guys, we'll get off the Rockies. I know all you out there are like enough is enough. Okay, uh, moving on to the Denver Broncos and their their injury issues as they are suffering now. I know the Denver Nuggets have suffered enough of theirs, but Juwan James, we touched on it just briefly last week. Um, torn Achilles, uh, working out away from the facility. The Broncos have officially put him on the non-football injury list. That does not mean anything officially, okay? Officially, the Broncos can, if they choose to, get out of his entire 2021 salary, which is around $10 million, plus they can also actually recoup some of the signing bonus he's already received if if he's not able to play this year. Um, there, There has been an outcry amongst NFL players. Patrick Mahomes, one of the biggest profile people that has has really gone to social media to uh make a big deal about this and and you know the ridiculousness that in his mind he feels that you need to pay these guys because they're working out to be able to play in in the regular season if they're not doing that in the offseason they can't but the nfl seems dead set on pushing owners and teams away from paying for that because of of course they the are. current boycott that the NFL Players Association is encouraging to players. Uh, early In early April, they came out urging players to work out away from the facility in some sort of attempted boycott. I'm not sure what they're trying to accomplish with that, but this is proof of this is failing. So my question to you guys is, what side of the fence do you sit on? Are you with the NFL? Are you thinking, hey, this guy got hurt away from the facility? His problem, we shouldn't have to pay for that? Or do you think he is owed and due that money and the Broncos should take uh, well, care of him? Well, here's the problem, Jared. I am fully 100% on the NFL owner's side that they are allowed to do this because Me too. newsflash, they are allowed to do this. Yep. That is in the collective bargaining agreement. Yep. Here's who you have to blame, players. The players' union and the uh, have... In the NFL, the players' union is the worst. 
of all the sports. They it's a they joke. they are so Absolute bad at, at, at it's. I mean, agreement after agreement, they just keep shelling themselves. I mean, they they are shooting themselves in the foot. If something like this can kind of wake them up and say, "Hey, we need to get on the horse more. I'm getting more guaranteed contracts." So, I mean. There is something interesting going on when the NFL, I think we can all agree, the NFL by far is the most dangerous sport with the most Absolutely. risk to physical injury of all of the main sports. And so to have, you know, very minimal guaranteed contracts for injury and stuff, I mean, that is, um, you know, so so you ask me this, okay, am I on the side of the players or the or the, the league on this? A hundred percent on the league side because they are allowed to do it because of the shitty deal, excuse my French, that the, the players made, right? But you reap what you sow. You make that deal, you live up with it. I mean, I'm also a, you know, I'm, I'm a man of principle to some degree. I mean, this may surprise you, you guys in the room here, uh, but I am. And, and if you make a contract, you agree to do something, you do it. And, and, and that's just where I'm at with it. Now, if you ask, what should it be, right? If I could just wave my magical wand, well, of course they should get paid. It, those contracts should be guaranteed, but but it should it it's just a fact they that they're not. They should be, so but they're not. But they're not, and so therefore the players have no ground to stand on them, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the uh, this this recent news with the uh, not only the boycott but the um, the the letter that uh, the NFLPA sent out after Juwan James's injury, I think it's just a weak attempt at trying to. Hey, let's renegotiate before we have to renegotiate because these guys need this, this, and that. And it's like, well, you already agreed to it, and I'm totally on the side of the uh, the owners in the NFL because it's just which it's, I hate being on the side of because they're such I do too. But, but I'm sorry, it's a contract but that you guys way, agreed I, I to. Wanna, I want to just put this in a, in a way that I think we all get so separated from the situation, being that these are professional athletes. Think about you and your career. Whatever those of you listening out there do for a career, okay, Connor, you use you as an example you work a full-time job you and i tomorrow decide to go play a pickup basketball game and you tear up your knee you throw out your back do you at, expect Jared your just employer? wishing harm on everyone this show okay me i okay. throw out my okay, back thank you i uh no, I, you can keep going do i expect you, my employer would you expect your employer to continue to pay you if you can't show up to work well, this is the difference between a on union. On an injury away from. Well, it depends on the job. I don't job. care if you're working in a union. If you're in a. Well, if you hurt your back, most people have things called short-term disability and you'll still get paid. But you're paying for that out of your own pocket separately. Uh, sure. And and sure, maybe. I bet you Juwan James has some short-term disability stuff built in to, uh, to what maybe. he's got going on. But, but you would not expect to get workers' comp, right? Workers' comp is what is our equivalent to that. If I get hurt uh, with a football or, excuse me, with a football injury like I'm playing out there every day, <laughs> if, if I get injured while working, I expect to get workers' comp. Let, let if me, I get injured away from work, I don't get paid. That's the way it so works, Jared, you're people. your own boss. So that, so okay, you don't really have that's why I was using ordeal. you as an example. Okay, so hey, listen. Here, I don't get paid me, either way. It doesn't or matter. Ryan or anyone as an example. Ready? Here's the answer to your question. What did it say in my contractual obligation exactly. to the to the company? Right? I feel for them. Are, I have sympathy oh, for Oh, no, for sure. I, I think... If you're talking about what what should happen, like from a from a moral, from an ethical, from an ethics standpoint, if we're if we're making this a philosophical discussion and theoretical discussion, then yes, absolutely, I'm on the player's side, right? I I want him to still get paid. I mean, 
you know, the, the, the humanistic side of me is saying, yes, I side with the player, but guess what, bro? You signed a contract and, and I, and I hate to break it to you, but when you sign and, a contract, you don't get to sit and whine about, and frankly, about the results. We're almost starting to get to a point where we're now getting into like a political discussion on, you know, how you feel about whether everybody should <laughs> be getting paid or it, you know, I mean, it, I'm, I'm serious. Like that's where this topic is starting to go because it, there is nothing on paper that is gray here. This is so black and white. It is so clear and obvious how it should be handled. And it's handled year in and year out like that. You know, it, it, it's not like Juwan James is a tenured player for the Broncos. You know, this happens to Von Miller. Let's be honest. He's probably getting paid. Yeah. He, he's uh, probably getting paid. Well, I, do you think so? I do. Why do you think so? Uh, because I think it would cause a, a disruption in your locker room and with your fan base. I think it's already risking causing it. I don't think they. I don't know. I don't think anybody wants. Frankly, to my dear, I don't think anymore. they give a damn. Yeah, you know what? And you're probably right. But the, is that the good? reality is, that a good is impression right there? Really all right, good. all right. Um, the reality <laughs> is, though, and, and we touched on this a few times. The NFL Players Association agreed to these terms, and I have spent a lot of time this last week looking into what basis the NFLPA put out for their reasoning for advising players to boycott off-season workouts, and everything keeps pointing back to COVID protocol. COVID, yeah. COVID protocol. And, and the fact that they had a virtual off-season last year. Oh, by the way, when the entire country was shut down, you had to work virtually. Mm, seems like there's a pretty substantial reasoning for that. Yet, everybody comes back. Everybody just about, not everyone, some people did sit out the season, but most everyone comes back. They play an entire full NFL season. In my mind, it was a miracle that that happened. I never thought they would get through a full season with everything that was going on, but they did. You showed up to the facilities. You got your test, whatever, every day or every week or whatever they did. You went through the playoffs. You went through all of this. Now, somehow, coming out of that, when we now have a vaccination available to every single one of you, now is when you're pulling that card. Nah, COVID. I ain't showing up, man. Don't show up, guys. COVID. This is dangerous. And I'm not trying to make a joke out of COVID. This is obviously a serious situation. This has changed the outlook of our world over the last year. And in the future, we'll continue to do that. This is not dead. It's not over. But you're finally in a spot where it feels like, at least within the United States, that things are starting to get a little bit under control. They're moving in a direction where people can now be protected against that. It seems like to me this is a way for veteran players to get out of their contractual obligations to be at the facilities in the offseason when they feel they're better suited working with their own personal trainers to get themselves prepared. They don't care about how it impacts the, you know, the 50 to 53rd man on the roster, the guys on the bottom of the roster that need those facilities to be able to work out that way. This is guys not wanting to show up. And, and I can't figure it out. Your current CBA runs through 2030. Woo! You have nine years left. What, again, what are you hoping to accomplish? You are not making demands. You're not saying this is what we need or we're not showing up. Also, guess what happens if you don't show up to off-season workouts? Nothing. Owners don't lose <laughs> well, any money. Well, you don't show up to a regular season game? Okay, now you're getting the owner's attention. Well, see, and I think you brought up two different points here. Is because the original boycott, they brought up COVID. 
And then after that, it was about players losing money. So with the the boycott is because this is all voluntary. They don't need to show up. They're not contractually. They're not even getting paid. Actually, they're to not show contractually. Up. Some guys do. Well, have, so, a some, lot of them some have guys bonuses have bonuses and things like that. But that's what I'm saying is we're bringing up two different points here. Is is after somebody gets hurt? Okay, now that you're going to take his money away from him, now everybody has a problem with it. The original boycott. Yeah, they brought up COVID, but it's because these these guys don't don't want to show up. And, and, and well, I think that's what Jared's saying. But that's like, now we're in a spot because they've done that. Well, but that's what I'm saying. That's is, why we're is here. This is what they've agreed to, and you don't want to show up, so we're going to play the COVID well, card. Well, come on now. I mean, that's that's a little well, backwards well, and to they, me. Uh, yeah, but they were playing the COVID card front and early at the very beginning. I mean, that was the reason they were not showing up, quote unquote. Right. I mean, that was their official stance. Was that. NFL teams are not taking the precautions, which again, to your point, Jared, I mean, again, I, I am not trying to take COVID lightly, nothing like that, but I mean, let's be real. I, every single one of those players can get vaccinated if they so choose, like you said, and and even more than that, if you're Juwan James, okay, and oh, well, what's the bigger risk? Okay, uh, let, me, let me just ask you, right? Assuming Jawan James, I don't know his medical history, assuming he doesn't have any sort of like underlying diabetes or something like that, right? That's, that could realistically, but assuming he is the, you know, freak athletic, relatively healthy young man that he is, what's a greater risk? You're are, are going and risking getting COVID at the team facility or getting hurt outside and losing $10 million. I, I I, it's hard. I, I sympathize with him, but it's hard <laughs> at the end of the day to not just be like, well, man, you reap what you sow. And the fact that this Jawan James just gives it a little bit it harder for Broncos fans. Yeah, for sure. Right? Like, exactly. and, and I don't want to, I mean, hey, I, I have no doubts that, that Jawan James really did tear his Achilles. And like, that right. is really unfortunate for him. Obviously, I, I, I'm not sitting here. Obviously, I'm really upset from a fan standpoint. But if we go back again to kind of what you were saying earlier, Jared, sometimes we treat these people as non-human beings, right? If we're just talking from a pure sports, like uh, nuts and bolts, how does this affect the Broncos? It's Jawan James, man. What has he played? One game? Did he play one game? I think, I think it's, he uh, appeared I think it's in a couple, si- but 63 snaps. 63 snaps, 63 snaps. So, so with that 63 snaps, is this the worst contract in Denver Broncos history. Oh, There's a few bad ones. Um, yeah, maybe maybe we'll have to go through those. At some yeah, point. I think that's we'll a topic we bring into next week. Uh, I think that'll be a good one to go to next week. I think we're all getting to the same point regarding this issue. We're just looking at it from different, you know, perspectives honestly yeah and and honestly however we all feel about the injury and how the broncos should handle it it is going to have a big impact on the broncos this year we've talked previously about how thin the broncos are with depth really across the board they did not address the tackle position at all in in free agency early free agency or in the draft now they did sign a tackle today uh, a guy that i had to look up to figure out who the heck he was uh, his name's ryan pope he's bounced around a couple of practice squads uh, since coming into league as an undrafted free agent out of San Diego State in 2019. Uh, most recently, he was with the Green Bay Packers. I don't want to hear any of you or anyone out there try to tie anything to them signing this guy and Aaron Rodgers coming here. This is a <laughs> practice squad player that was already released from their roster, okay? 
No connecting dots. I told dots. you, Trevor's story is going to Milwaukee <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers um, is coming exactly. over here. But I don't think this is a huge signing for them. I think this is a guy no. to get somebody in camp now yeah. so that they have players. And hey, you never know. There's a lot of offensive linemen that come out of nowhere that turn out to be good. But I want to look around. Let's see what's out in there in the NFL free agency now. Take a look at a few guys that the Broncos could and maybe should consider maybe spending some of that $10 million they were going to recoup from Jawan James out on a tackle to come in and replace him. So a few of the names, this is an article here from USA Today uh, that they list for available tackles, okay? I'm just going to kind of read through the list, and you guys tell me your thoughts, and I'll give you mine along the way as well. The first one, number one they have on their list, Charles Leno, most recently with the Chicago Bears, uh, was released, I believe, just after the draft. Um, He's a guy that I think is a plug-and-play starter. Uh, Another guy coming from... Chicago as well. Bobby Massey is a guy, a little more of a veteran, been around the block a little bit, but he's a name out there. I think could be a plug and play guy as well. And to be honest, guys, the rest of the list, I don't know a lot of these guys. I think I saw. I th- <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I think I saw Eric Fisher signed yesterday. I believe. Yes, with is the Mi- Colts. Is, yes, is Mitchell Schwartz still available? Mitchell Schwartz is available now. I know he had surgery. This offseason. So well, I, Fisher and Schwartz were both hurt. That's yeah. why Tampa Bay had their way with that offensive line in the Super Bowl. But Yeah, so I, I don't know his status for opening week. But, again, that's a guy I think he kicked the tires on him. You yeah. see medically and, where he is. And, honestly, you know, you bring in uh, – I'm sorry, who was the – what was the name of the guy we signed today? Uh, Ryan Pope. Ryan right? Pope. Um, I think they probably bring in at least one other guy, maybe an undrafted guy, uh, young, and then they probably bring and in another veteran they, so guy. Who's, who's our tackles that are uh, currently on the roster? Oh, so Calvin Anderson's your starter. Calvin right Anderson, yeah, right there now, you go. Right tackle right now. Ooh. You know, I hear that they, they actually really like Calvin Anderson. I, they I, always I, say that. I know. I, I want to give him a shot. I, I've, I've also heard moving Reisner over. Okay. I Absolutely, do not want to move. No, Reisner I don't want to move Reisner over at all. But let me let me just tell you this much, Jared. All right, you can scoff all you want at at the the Broncos PR staff, of course, pushing out that they like it, right? But but let me ask you this: You just looked at the names of available players, right? What is the best case scenario for the Broncos? Is it that we find somebody, or is the best case scenario that our guys here that we like happen to win the job outright? Yeah, I, I actually think you're on to something there. I don't think it's a bad idea. When you look, there's a lot of veteran guys. A guy like Mitchell Schwartz may be around there for a very long time. Teams may wait until training camp to see where he's at health-wise. He's not a young guy at this point in his career. Coming off of a surgery, coming off of a season where he missed a lot of time, I could see him being a guy that's around. Maybe you get to that point and you start getting to training camp going, we don't have the guy. He's not here. We need to go find somebody. I'm okay with that approach. Just just bring in somebody that's not going to get yeah. whatever quarterback I, you have. I, I think killed. at this point that's what you're getting is is no matter what you're going to get, you're going to bring in a couple guys like Pope. You might you might see you could very easily see the Broncos what, uh, signing somebody else. You yeah, know. One other name I do want to throw out there because I do know that he has uh, met with the Broncos. That's Dennis Kelly, who's a tackle out of uh, Tennessee. Um, and I don't. I'll be honest. I don't know a ton about him. The name do itself doesn't even strike me. Um, so I know they had uh, Taylor Lewan there, yep. and and they had a really good line for for a couple of years. They've lost quite a few pieces, and I think Dennis Kelly is one of those guys that's filled in over the last couple of years uh, for them. So he's a guy with starting experience as well. But again, nobody's really I any mean, chance we can talk Joe Thomas out of retirement. I mean, they were real close to trading for him. If you remember back what in is the it, Super like 50 Bowl season. Now? 
Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. Last time I saw close. Joe, last time I saw he's Joe really Thomas, thin, though. he lost yeah, a lot of weight. He, he's like a buck eighty right yeah, now. I, 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 I don't he, know he looks about good, that. But I don't, I don't know. I gotta be honest. It's weird when it's I weird see, see an O lineman like Orlando Franklin. Ah, uh, Orlando. With the, with, from the Broncos. I was even Tyler Columbus. Dude. Tyler looks so ridiculous. It's like the neck doesn't look right, and it's like it's normal. It's a normal neck and head at this point. But you're so used to just seeing this jacked, humongous. Giant like man. I couldn't wrap my hands around the tree trunk that is your neck. Uh, not that I'm doing. That <laughs> I'm thinking like, oh, let's go through your mind, Jared. <laughs> Um, yeah, for for the record, that is not how I'm approaching a fight with any NFL offensive lineman. I am fighting dirty, no doubt about it. Yeah, well, I offensive would lineman not you, want to fight any. You of need them. to go knees, dude. That's what I'm saying, dude. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna hit it where it hurts, up. dude. Okay. <laughs> so uh, let, let me ask you this now. Moving a little bit here, I know. Uh, uh, does it matter if let's just say if the Broncos somehow got in Aaron Rodgers right? Does that make the urgency to maybe try and find a trade partner for for a tackle? Yes. Uh, does it increase? Hundred yeah. percent. I think you you are approaching in a totally different way. Again, this just goes back to your overall philosophy. What the what the draft told me, what everything that they've done told me tells me they're developing a team for a future quarterback that I don't believe is on this roster, but they're developing a team that will be very competitive in a year or two potentially Super Bowl contenders in a few years. So I think at that, right now where the Broncos sit, you're looking at developing what you got. You want to see if maybe you have a diamond in the rough, maybe somebody that you can have on a cheap contract for a few years. If you were to sign a guy like an Aaron Rodgers, I think the urgency to make sure he is protected. I think basically you want to do everything the Packers aren't doing. Right? You want to go get him all the weapons you can. You want to get him all the protection you had. You want to make sure you do everything to set him up for success because you know if you're trading for Aaron Rodgers, you're trading away your future on a lot of draft picks, and you have a short window to go do something, you bring in the guy that's going to get you there right away. Well, I think the benefit, too, is even if you get Aaron Rodgers, it's not as blindside. At least it's your right tackle okay. that, that you're having to replace. Okay, I know this is getting real crazy, but I just thought about that. Those of you out here that are, are listening to us that are CU Buffs fans are familiar with the fact that David Bakhtiari is, is the left tackle. I'm just saying, package a deal, name your price, we'll trade you the whole team. And what, move Bulls to right? Yeah, no, it's never going to happen. <laughs> I just had to say it. It's never going to happen. They just signed uh, the, the Bakhtiari over- to a humongous If the Broncos deal. did that, they'd overnight have the best offense in the NFL, bar none. The best, uh, you mean with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Both of them. Okay. Yeah. So just trade away your twenty twenty, <laughs> oh, yeah. your entire twenty twenty two and entire twenty twenty three draft. No, you're. It's it's gonna go. We have to give the Packers. That's like every saying, draft pick. That's like saying if, until the collective bargaining agreement ends. <laughs> that, that's like until saying, the Broncos win a championship. But that's like saying if. If the Nuggets got Michael Jordan and LeBron James in their prime and Andre Miller, we would be the best offense in basketball. <laughs> oh, like, like, Andre like, Miller? Well, yeah, why add Andre Miller in there? I mean, what are you even talking about here? Yes, of course, you bring Aaron Rodgers in. You can just end there. You don't have to that, add anybody else. That's okay? what I'm saying. I just want my boy Bakhtiari back home, man. Yeah. I know. Hey, I, I hear you. It's not going to happen. Now, Everybody hey, out there, it's not going to happen. But Don't what do we worry. got here going on with the Rodgers? Uh, what's, what's our new yes, segment? Yes, we got uh, Ryan's going to bring us in a new segment here. And this is, Ryan, I already forgot the name it's of it. it. That's all right. So we're going to do uh, weekly until 
at least June 1st when, um, you know, the, the cap hit isn't so bad for the Packers. We're going to do a uh, weekly segment called um, The Rogers Radar, where I'll give you uh, the uh, current news on the Aaron Rodgers situation. So this is The Rogers Radar. Ooh. It's exciting music. So this uh, article is coming from predominantlyorange.com, and it's by uh, Lou Scataglia. Sorry, Lou, if I'm uh, butchering that. Sorry, buddy. Lou S. Lou Lou S. (laughs) Lou S. So um, he wrote an article, um, and basically, it's a pretty long article, so I just uh, uh, got some... uh, points from it so uh i actually believe this was in the last uh, couple days um ian rapaport uh nfl network's ian rapaport uh made a, uh, made a report that the packers made a significant long-term contract offer to aaron Rodgers um that he actually turned down that specific contract offer uh, was allegedly uh, going to make him the highest-paid quarterback in the league, even above Patrick Mahomes. Um, and then on top of that, in a tweet, again, he turned that contract down. In a tweet from uh, Dove Kleiman, he, uh, he said that the Packers and Aaron Rodgers are not in a good place, and um, – uh, Aaron Rodgers has actually talked to a few players, few teammates or players about joining him somewhere else in a new city to <laughs> play football. I hate to break it to you, Mr. Aaron Rod- Mif- Mifta Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that's not how this works. <laughs> you don't get to just bring your posse with you. You don't get. You don't get to bring. I don't all know. The boys it for together. LeBron James. No, this is not <laughs> the NBA. The this is the cap. NFL. There's a. Well, yeah, no, there isn't. It's a joke. It doesn't no. exist. Uh, interesting. Interesting, Ryan. Thank you so, for that. No to problem. me, this tells me the Packers do not get it. They don't understand. This is not the problem. Aaron Rodgers' contract isn't the issue. Sure. Does he want to be the highest paid quarterback? Absolutely. It's a last ditch effort. Exactly. They're grasping at straws, but they don't get the point. It's not that you're not paying him enough. It's that you're not putting the talent around him to go win a championship. And he is carrying, at least in his mind, he is carrying these teams to the NFC Championship, which he's done several times throughout his career, but only made it to that Super Bowl once. He's asked them to put a team around him to do that. They have not done that. And this... Is the Packers' solution not drafting a first-round wide receiver or getting one in free agency or being aggressive in free agency at all? <laughs> no. They decide to throw more fake money at Aaron Rodgers. Dude's going to be hosting Jeopardy when he's done with this. He doesn't need money. <laughs> it's honestly kind of reminiscent of early John Elway, isn't it? I, I know that none yeah. of us were really alive, but it was like kind of puts the team on his shoulders. How and old do you th- think I am? <laughs> I know how old you are. Yeah, exactly. You're as old as we are. <laughs> well, alive. I don't know about alive. Well, we no, were LA, certainly all alive. No, I, I, I see where he's going there because Elway in in his early years. Yeah, okay. I mean, I mean, I'd have to look back at because wh- what was Elway drafted eighty three, eighty three, or something like that. Yeah. So his his so first. All, first. All I'm saying is like he was carrying. Elway, Elway was the carrying the Broncos on his shoulders the whole time. And oh, yeah. He, he, got us in, Super he got the Broncos into Super Bowls that they had no part being in. Um, exactly. You know, I mean, there, there's been actually a lot. Uh, there's been way too many of these quarterbacks, if you look at, that have that have just carried their teams that have no business being in. I mean, uh, Peyton Manning, 
for so many years with the Indianapolis Colts just put the team on his back and got them to places where that team had no business being. So, Connor, are you telling me that it's actually very important for an elite quarterback to have a very good team around him in order to win a championship? It's not all about the quarterback. Is uh, yeah. that what I'm hearing? Oh, yeah, but oh guess what? God. If you don't have the quarterback, then you're not getting there at all. It makes no difference. So, Jared, God, to, let's get back into Jared this. to your point, since... Get the um, boxing gloves out. Since 2012... Actually, let's go back to 2010. <laughs> they've uh, selected three offensive players total. Two of them were tackles, and the other one was a quarterback. Yeah, and, and, and take away those two tackles were 11, 10 and 11, right? Because I know their last 10... Yeah, 10 and 11. First so, round picks. So from 2012 to this year, their first round picks have all been defensive players. Except for Jordan uh, ex- Love. Except for Jordan Love, except for, and also except for 2017, they didn't, have a, uh, they didn't have a pick. So while we're discussing Aaron Rodgers and trade scenarios, I keep hearing people bringing up how if, in a very hypothetical situation, which I think dies by the day, in my opinion, if the Broncos were to trade for Aaron Rodgers, people keep talking about uh, Drew Locke going in that trade. I I see zero reason why the Packers would have any interest in Drew Locke. They would want Teddy Bridgewater. They would want a quarterback to come in and either back up Jordan Love, or if Jordan Love's not ready, ready, Teddy Bridgewater is the perfect quarterback, which is why it was a good signing for the Broncos to get him. Uh, like This notion that, that Drew Locke is yeah. what's going to get you Aaron Rodgers, no, no, no. Two or three first-round draft picks, Oh no! Well, Drew probably, get probably you there, Bradley Chubb well, 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 and or Cortland Sutton. The Packers are very much right now in win now. Oh, they're not so, going to trade Cortland Sutton. So why wouldn't you get Teddy? They Bridge- would for Aaron Rodgers, and it would be a damn good move to do it. Uh, you know, I would love it, but we're not. I don't not think they're going to trade Cortland. Why? Well, okay, why Connor, would you trade your number one a- uh, uh, offensive asset? Because you drafted Jerry Judy last year, who can be your number one. You believe? I see. I think one. they would rather trade Jerry Judy. And, and okay, that might be the move. Then. And I am all for it. Yeah. Boot him out of town, baby. Bring okay. in AR. Let's we're, go. That, we're going to save that topic for another day, too, because that's a narrative that just drives me nuts. That, oh, he can't coach. He drops the ball. Every rookie r- struggles at times. Look at Noah Fant. He's going to be moving on this next year. Jerry Judy's going to be a better player this year for Broncos. But we're, we're not going down okay. that road. All we're right. not going down that road. Right. What does a trade scenario look like for you, Connor, to get Aaron Rodgers? What do you think the Broncos would have to trade to get Aaron Rodgers? I think the they're looking to trade somebody like uh, Pat Sertan, um, and then you know maybe two or three first round picks, and then and possibly even like a, uh, you know possibly a Drew Lock too, right? And it's not and, and so so I reject one thing you said here. It's not that Drew Lock has any chance of getting you Aaron Rodgers. It's almost like hey, if you know from the Broncos perspective, hey, if we're giving you Pat Sertan, we're giving you three first round picks. We need you to take a quarterback from us, and and we we want to keep Teddy Bridgewater as the backup so we can go for a Super Bowl. So we're you you need to take Drew Lock like that is a okay and, okay. and then from their standpoint it's a, it's a, a dump you're dumping him on you're dumping him and then, and then I think from the Packers standpoint you're looking at it like okay now we got two guys that can kind of compete in camp. They're both young. Maybe we'll hit on one of them being a decent player. Obviously, Love is going to be our guy right now. We like him, but. It's not the worst thing in the world for a team that's clearly going to be rebuilding if they decide to do that to kind of go, hey, maybe let's let's let both of these guys compete. You know, let's see what happens. I mean, they have no use for a Teddy Bridgewater at the end of the day. Like they're not trying to. To me, though, it's a perception a thing. If you're trading Aaron Rodgers, you're going full on, hundred percent on board 
with Jordan Love. If you then bring in a second-round quarterback, a guy drafted only about 15 picks behind where you were in, in different drafts, but as far as draft position, you bring him in, a guy in his third-year rookie contract to compete, it sends a different message to Jordan Love than saying, no, 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 we're so confident in you, we're willing to trade away a Hall of Famer because we know you can take us. Yeah, this is the NFL. This isn't Pee Wee. People's feelings are not going to make Jordan Love into a a starter. I think uh, the Packers (laughs) feel about uh, Jordan Love the way that the Cardinals felt about Josh Rosen. You Uh think so? You think that they're not in on Jordan Love? I think they saw what they got, and they're like, nah, this isn't for us. And and it's always tough to say. um, You know, there's there's been no public indication that they're not all behind Jordan Love. I, I, of course, saw the the cliche report of how great Jordan Love is. He was inactive every single game last year. If you're not in on Jordan Love and you're the Packers, uh, what are you doing? You should um, be fired. But what, what are you doing not firing the GM? If you're if you're the exactly. Packers, you know, I mean, if you're the person making the decision, what are you doing? If you, if you don't really believe that, hey, Jordan Love could really be the answer, then I'm sorry. GM needs to be fired, and you need to go all at Aaron Rodgers and say, we will fire the GM because of your right. rift with well, what's going that's on. Why you th- are important to that's us. That's why I think the trade is imminent. Go for it. It's you, you go Jeff Breidich on him. You go, you go full Jeff Breidich. <laughs> before before the trade, hopefully. Yeah. Oh, not for our sake. Actually, for the Broncos' sake, after the trade. Let them make the trade, so and then you get rid of Oh, them. there you go, yes. Uh, so it's interesting you say the Drew Locke thing because um, as of today, I, I was actually looking at it on, I believe it was DraftKings, um, but I was looking at one of, the, one of the odds makers. They actually have Drew Locke as the second most likely quarterback to take the next snap for the, the Packers behind Aaron Rodgers. Wow, so I'm just crazy. Everyone thinks that Drew Locke's going to go be the savior. Yeah, you for the you are going now. against the wise guys, apparently. Wow, I do that a lot. I, I typically don't end up as good better as do, a result Do you win money? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I feel like a genius. Most of the time, I do not. All right, that's going to do it for today's show, guys. We will be back each and every week to discuss everything that's happening in Colorado sports. We'll continue to follow the Aaron Rodgers situation. We'll continue to follow the playoffs in the NBA and the NHL. If you guys would want to give us a follow on Twitter, you can find us at Red Rock Sports One. We'd love to interact with you on there. Until next week, y'all be good out there.